0: Sadly, we know that we have lost Oklahomans to to this virus, and we know and can anticipate that this will continue to
1: happen. What's gonna change the game and keep things moving in the right direction at this point
2: is really individual action. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, um, but I'm just here to tell Oklahomans we are gonna get through this.
0: I'm Ben Felder with The Frontier, And this is COVID-19 in Oklahoma, a daily podcast bringing you the latest info and insight into how the coronavirus is impacting our state. Through interviews and conversations, this podcast is about context and clarity during this challenging time. Today is Monday, April 13th. On today's episode, The Frontier's Cassie McClung and Cliff Adcock join me to discuss rising unemployment in Oklahoma, the state's forecast of a possible coronavirus peak, and what else to watch for this week. But first, here's a review of the latest coronavirus numbers. On Sunday, the State Department of Health reported 102 new cases of COVID-19 in Oklahoma, bringing the total to 1,970. Total hospitalizations reached 453, and two additional deaths brought the total to 96. Hi, it's Ben, and before we continue with today's episode, I want to say thanks for listening. Maybe you've discovered The Frontier from this podcast, or maybe you are a longtime reader. Either way, your support is critical. If you've found yourself valuing the type of journalism we at The Frontier produce, then I'd like to invite you to consider making a donation. Even five or $10 a month goes a long way in making our work possible. We also value our readers for story ideas and tips. If you know of an issue that needs further investigation, then find our contact information at readfrontier.org. Our work is made possible because of you. Thank
1: you. Well, hey, Cassie and Cliff, how's it going?
2: It's going good.
3: Going great.
1: Yeah, uh, another weekend pass back to to work tomorrow, although I'm sure some of you, I'm sure you both, Like I did some work over the weekend.
2: A little bit, but less than usual. So,
1: yeah,
2: feeling very refreshed.
1: Well, that's great to hear. Well, um, Cliff, we want to talk to you a little about some of the reporting you've done on unemployment claims. But first, Cassie, can you can you kind of give us a review of kind of what we saw numbers wise this weekend? I mean, I've already in the intro to this podcast kind of talked about the specific numbers. But, you know, we're kind of setting up to hit a couple milestones this week in deaths, you know, we'll we'll probably reach 100, maybe Mm -hmm. even tomorrow, and then 2,000 confirmed cases probably at some point in in the days to come.
2: Yeah, exactly. I won't go into the numbers just because you already uh, mentioned them. But yeah, we should see 2,000 cases and 100 deaths um, probably in the next day or two. And if, you know, the state's modeling and the IHME modeling is correct, we should be seeing about 18 to 22-ish uh, deaths per day. So, you know, if that modeling does go the way uh, officials are thinking, it's going to.
1: Yeah. Well, we talked a little about modeling a couple episodes back, um, and we're going to do so again today. But first, Cliff, I want to talk to you about your your story uh, a couple days ago. You reported that unemployment claims in Oklahoma continue to climb to record levels as we're seeing across the country. And the Oklahoma Employment Security Commission has been kind of scrambling to, to stabilize and improve its unemployment claims system. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your, your reporting found.
3: Yeah, so uh, again, the, uh, the initial unemployment claims continued to climb um, since uh, about mid-March. Um, and they, uh, they've gone to uh, record levels, climbing up to uh, 120,000 new cases uh, in the last four weeks. So we've seen, uh, um, a, a huge increase, uh, so in these numbers and, um, the, the system that was set up, uh, to handle these claims, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, was not prepared for what hit it. Um, you saw, uh, you know, on top of these, uh, these huge climate claims, uh, people were waiting on the phones for, uh, for eight hours, uh, on hold. Uh, they brought that down in the last week, down to 31 minutes uh, on average. And the longest, I believe, was two hours. Um, oh. So, yeah, it's uh, really hit the system hard, uh, these uh, continuing claims. Yeah. And you talk about being kind of unprepared. And I guess that's you know somewhat
1: understandable. No one was really prepared for this pandemic. Yeah. And other states are dealing with this, too. But 120,000 claims in the last four weeks, I mean, that's that's a staggering number.
3: That is that is it's uh, it's an increase of uh, more than two thousand um, percent of uh, what it was. Uh, they were, as I said, fielding uh, calls. I, I believe they were uh, covering or working about eighteen hundred cases uh, every two weeks uh, there. And now they're you know handling uh, fifty one thousand new cases.
1: And and we don't. I mean, obviously, we don't know when this is going to end and when businesses are going to reopen. And I think but I think a lot of us would like to think that and I kind of find myself thinking this, too, that, you know, hey, when this is over, everything's just going to go back to normal. Businesses are going to open back up. But I, I just I feel like that's probably not reality. I mean, I think, you know, I think we've already heard of some restaurants and businesses that appear like they're going to be closing their doors for good just because it's hard to survive this long and be closed. So it's it's not like that hundred twenty thousand Individuals are going to go right back to work. I mean, this is something when you look at these numbers that has an immediate impact and probably a long-term impact as well.
3: That's right. That's right. And uh, Stid has said over the last uh, few days that they're planning on uh, uh, looking at uh, some sort of stimulus package at the state level in addition mm. to what's uh, being uh, coming down uh, through the SBA and uh, through the uh, Payroll Protection Plan. Any, any idea what that may look like, at that state-level stimulus? Uh, Right now, it's looking like they are going to be um, giving uh, grants to manufacturers to retool uh, somewhat into uh, things that are necessary uh, at the state level, I believe. Uh, But I haven't seen – there's no finalized version yet, and uh, it's still uh, being talked about. Yeah, yeah. That's no, crazy.
1: Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kathy.
2: Oh, sorry. I just had a question. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about there being an issue with people signing up for unemployment. Uh, Cliff, have you, you know, had the chance to talk to people about this? Are people able to sign up? Um, you know, kind of what are their frustrations around this?
3: There's, yes, yeah, so there was uh, the um, Oklahoma Employment Security Commission, in fact, had a town hall, a public town hall this last Friday about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were many people who were who were Calling in, saying that it was almost impossible to get through to anybody. Uh, there were all sorts of hangups. Um, the the website continually crashed It was under such a heavy load uh, when all of these uh, claims started coming in. And uh, since then, they've stabilized it somewhat. They're they're looking to uh, to actually add on to it. Uh, see, there's a whole class of uh, of worker out there that. Uh, If they've lost their job because of the COVID-19 spread, uh, they can uh, apply. They can begin applying hopefully next week. uh, The uh, Oklahoma Employment Security Commission is trying to set up a site for that. And uh, that's uh, people who qualify for the Pandemic Unemployment uh, Assistance Program. Those are gig workers, independent contractors, uh, people who otherwise wouldn't qualify because they haven't Mm -hmm. employed Uh, for a a specific length of time. And so they're hoping to have that part of the website set up next week so those people can go ahead and start applying. And they're also, uh, I believe, waiting for the U.S. Department of Labor to um, uh, begin uh, making some moves on it as well.
1: That that seems like a pretty big step. I mean, when you talk about gig workers, um, a lot of times, you know, you're talking about like Uber and Lyft drivers, that that may be a way to supplement their income or maybe that's something that they're doing even in between jobs when they're already kind of down their luck. I mean, that's not the case with everyone in that situation, but that seems like a pretty big deal that, uh, that they would now, that they would be included in this.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a big move because they don't, you know, they don't pay into the system, um, uh, typically. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're being included in this latest stimulus package as well. Yeah. I just, I remember
1: just still mind boggling. I'm looking at this graph that we have at the top of your story. I mean, and, and you know, the, the line graph is, yeah. is it's, I mean, it's not comical and it's not a, a funny issue. It's just, it's just a kind of an absurd, you know, graph you right. know, compared to other graphs. It just kind of shows the gravity of the situation. And I also think about those who have just seen their hours lost. I mean, I was talking to a woman last week, a mother for a story, and you know, she works at McDonald's. And they are still open, but drive-through only. And she said the last pay period, her total hours, when she works full time, her, her total hours for the pay period were at five hours. I mean, she had she had yeah. seen her shifts reduce so much. And for her who was having to take the bus to get there and, you know, ride almost an hour each way, you know, the question becomes, is it worth it to you know, to do that for, for so little for so few hours? So, you know, even on top of those numbers, there's other stories of people who've just seen their with exactly. their, their shifts reduced and stuff like that
3: and you know and you know that's 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 so bad because uh that there's really no system in place for people who uh, who haven't become completely unemployed but their hours have been cut down yeah uh, below 35 hours uh there's really no system in place to um to get them any aid at least none that i've heard about or know of yeah yeah.
1: Cliff, what are I mean? You've been on top of this and and doing some great reporting on this issue, and you've you've also kind of looked at what some other, you know, companies have done, and you were in a few stories on on Hobby Lobby and and some of the moves that they've made. Uh, you know, what are some other issues that you're watching during during this? I mean, obviously continuing to stay on on top of this issue.
3: Yeah, we're going to be following the unemployment, uh, the uh, unemployment claims, uh, kind of as well as how going forward, this is going to impact businesses, right, and impact uh, the economy in a, in a larger way, um, because, you know, these uh, these unemployment claims, like you said, Ben, the, these businesses aren't going to just come back overnight once, uh, once everything uh, kind of settles down, uh, so what comes after that, you know, is, is kind of an important uh, question to begin asking yourself, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, on,
1: you know, we've talked about this before, but just, you know, in Oklahoma, you know, the double whammy of oil prices sure. and, and, and the impact it has on that sector as well. I mean, it's going to be something that's going to be important to watch.
3: Right. And that's pacing right along with uh, with these, you know, COVID. As you see these these unemployment uh, or as you see these um, uh, layoff notices that are coming in uh, that, that I've kind of been following as well, uh, you see where. You know, there's Halliburton is laying off people. Um, and a lot of it when they're putting down rather than COVID-19, because that's most of what is showing up on those forms.
1: We'll
3: mm-hmm. also see uh, the oil and gas uh, price uh, crash that they're all facing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just even thinking about, I mean, we talked about the people who aren't even showing up in this unemployment numbers that are still hurting. I mean, I think about furloughed workers. I mean, you know, our you know colleagues at newspapers under the Oklahoman, uh, is furloughing reporters one week out of the next a month for the next, like, three or four months. You know, I, there is a, a story today in the Oklahoma, and, and I thought it was an important story, that had three bylines, and all three of those reporters are going to be furloughed next week, mm. um, including their state capital reporter. I mean, so at a time when the state legislature and the governor are kind of going back and forth on some important budget budget issues, um, you know, they're going to be short a lot of their muscle when it comes to that that type of reporting, um, and it's uh, it's just sad to see. Yeah
3: it's so something we really need. We're very yeah. bad right now.
1: Is, yeah, is. yeah. Especially, especially at this time. So let that be our, our plug again to uh, you know support local journalism, whether whether it's us or, or another outlet that you follow. Well, like we said at the top, we don't. We, you know, we don't know how long this will continue. The unemployment numbers will continue to go up. The positive cases will continue to go up. But at the end of last week, Cassie, you know, we did mm. get a little bit of detail from the state. Health officials on when they think this may peak and we may start seeing an improvement in the situation. Uh, what was it that they that they talked about last week?
2: Sure. So you know we've been talking a lot about modeling on this podcast, um, and you know waiting for when we're going to see the states COVID nineteen modeling and when that might peak. So we got a uh, the first look at that on Friday afternoon. We kind of got a one-page summary of the model that had, you know, the information on when it might, uh, the infections might peak, um, how many deaths we might see, um, stuff like that. So the state is forecasting that the infection rate in the hospitalizations is going to peak on April 21st, so just a little over a week from now. And then um, they are forecasting there to be, let me see, 469 deaths by May 1st. And we talked about this a little bit Friday, but that would be a little over 18 deaths per day now. Because as we know, over the weekend, you know, we only saw a handful of deaths. So if we're actually going to see that number by May 1st, that number is probably going to pick up a little bit.
1: And what are they basing that on?
2: That's a great question. So... They've been working on this, um, at least from what I've heard from the state, they've been working on this model for several weeks. And so what they do is a big part of the data they use is they see how they look at how many um, confirmed cases the state has, how many people have been tested, how the virus has been spreading. They look at the number of hospitalizations, and then they also look at the number of confirmed deaths you've seen. So, you know, we've talked about modeling isn't an exact science. It's, you know, it's not going to predict exactly what's going to happen, but it might get kind of in the ballpark range and it helps policymakers and medical experts plan for how much um, they need to prepare for patient surge and how quickly. So yeah, they put in a bunch of data and they try to forecast it, um, you know, the best they can of how many deaths and hospitalizations and cases we might see in that time frame. And um, part of what I'm looking at this week is, you know, as they get more data, that model is going to change and modeling is very fluid. So I'm curious to see whether we're going to see updates on this model as time goes on.
1: Yeah, that'll definitely be important. You know, we've in past episodes, I've kind of compared it to a weather forecast, mm-hmm. which which the governor did as well on Friday. So I'm gonna yeah. take I'm gonna take that as a sign that he actually listened. He heard to the you. Podcast. but <laughs> no, I, I'm obviously not that original of, a, of an analogy. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a great point. I mean, if, he, yeah. if we see uh, additional, I mean, you know, we all are are sub, you know, allowed to change our mind with new data, new mm-hmm. facts. Uh, and I guess the same would be true with this, as as we see new information, um, that's going to change the model. And it'll, yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see how how much they reveal of that?
2: Yeah, because we've seen with the IHME model, um, which the governor and the White House have referenced several times throughout this pandemic, that you know we've seen that model change numerous times as the state gets more, as states get more data, and we know now with the state getting negative testing results from private labs and picking up testing in general that. They should be getting a lot of new data to work with, and I think it was as of Friday, the states tested more than twenty-two thousand people. So that number is going up pretty quickly now.
1: Yeah, well, and just to repeat what we talked about uh, for Saturday's episode mm-hmm. after the the governor's presser is he he continues to say that the state has the testing capacity uh, to meet everyone who needs who needs a test, or at least so far mm-hmm. there there hasn't been a shortage. So you know, one thing we're going to continue to watch is. How much more do we see people saying that they're struggling to get a test, and is that because they're going to a doctor's office or a clinic instead of the state's mobile mobile site? Hey, Cliff, you you went to a mobile testing site last week, didn't you?
3: Did I was out at uh, one in Wagner. Um, there were uh, they had about 150 uh, test kits there, okay. and um, when I showed up at about um, ten ten thirty, uh, there weren't there weren't a lot of people. It was uh, fairly um, fairly empty every once in a while people would come through every uh, maybe maybe every minute or so uh, but uh, but yeah a lot of uh, health care workers out there um, and, uh, face shields and you know smocks and stuff like that so. yeah I was I went to the mobile site
1: at, in Norman in Cleveland County and at one point there seemed to be like 60 or 70 cars lined up and so I don't know if that lasted for the rest of the day you know you talk about the the, the gowns and the smocks and the face shields they, they were wearing i just one thing i noticed uh, maybe another unique feature of oklahoma it was, it was just so windy that it, it kind of added another challenge to the job mm-hmm. when you've got your your smock kind of blowing in your face yeah. and you're trying to put these tests together and stuff yeah yeah well um a lot of like it's a, a lot of important stuff to watch this week mm-hmm. i know you both are on it hey cliff sometimes we we at cassie and i in this episode because it's it, this topic can be you know, really exhausting, um, you know, talking about maybe something good that happened to us today or, or this weekend. And so I'm going to put you on the spot. We'll all answer this question, but Cassie and I will have a chance to actually think of our answer. Uh, <laughs> I've, I, I'll put you on the spot. What Tell, tell something good you did this weekend or, or maybe something that kind of gave you a little bit of a, of a respite from, from all of this chaos.
3: Well, I got to sit out on the front porch and watch, uh, watch that cold front come in and just kind of mm. weather change and stuff like that. And then, you know, sun kind of shining through the clouds as, as the storm rolled in um it was uh it was pretty good uh you yeah know, kind of watch that and just relax and step away from it all for a little bit yeah that's a good one that's a real good one yesterday i had a
1: chance on saturday i i like to i have a smoker and i like to smoke briskets which can be a, a pretty lengthy experience i mean it's you know mm-hmm. 10 12 14 hours um you have to monitor it so it's not something you can do if you're really you know focused on something else but had a chance to uh to do that yesterday it was quite a, quite a treat from, from all this going on. So yeah, the simple things in life. Cassie, what about you?
2: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I was saying earlier to you, I just, I, I got a lot of downtime this weekend, which was really nice. So uh, I've been finishing up this book that I got a couple of months back. It's called salt, fat, acid, heat. Mm. Um, and it's about cooking, you know, yeah. I'm just like it kind of takes a scientific approach on the elements of cooking and, you know, just kind of understanding that chemical process behind cooking uh, it's really interesting, and it's taught me a ton about cooking. I've never—I've always been pretty decent at baking, but I've never been a great cooker. So, I'm hoping to use this time to short my cooking skills a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's great. I can't remember the name of the chef who wrote the book, but have you seen? Didn't she have a documentary on our our series on Netflix as well?
2: Yeah, she does. She actually has a show, you know, with the same title as the book, and it's just—it's perfect for people who you know like to cook and are interested in cooking, but aren't on the professional chef level but it's it's good because usually I just follow a recipe but it doesn't really teach me how to cook but this kind of teaches you how to cook your own food from scratch and make up your own recipes so it's very helpful
1: yeah it kind of t- it sounds like it kind of takes you kind of deeper beyond just the ingredients on there
2: yeah exactly
1: which is fitting for your job I think
2: yeah so I like to, your I like dick to go deeper. a little deeper
1: <laughs> yeah definitely exactly well, i um, happy to hear all that. Um, and Cassie, I think two of your answers in previous weeks have been trips to the grocery store. So I'm glad. That I you're, know. I'm kind of,
2: I, I was thinking about that over the weekend. I'm like, that's not okay. <laughs> I can do better than that. So yeah. hoping to uh, have some better answers for you.
1: Yeah, no, this is great. Well, hey, Cliff and Cassie, thanks so much. Good to talk to you and um, good work that you guys are doing and, and look forward to continuing to watch it.
2: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ben. Yep.
0: That's gonna do it for today's episode. You can find complete COVID-19 coverage at readfrontier.org. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. Stay safe and healthy. I'll be back with you on Tuesday.